we hope we want uh, a tough challenge. We, we've had, we, you know, we've had a couple of in-house games. We've had a couple of ten v ten games. Uh, but ultimately, there's nothing. There's nothing like uh, playing against opposition where you can play together as a team and you and you can be tested. I think. I think Miami FC will will provide that test. practice session that was partially open to the press in March. Slowly but surely, things are starting to inch their way back to normal for Inter Miami. Hello everybody and welcome back to the latest episode of Miami Total Football Radio or Miami Total Football Radio. I am your co-host on this week's podcast, Franco Penizo, and joining me as always is El Primo, Steve Brenner. Steve, how are you doing? How was your weekend? And we're, we're recording on a Tuesday this week, so not a Monday. So how was your Monday as well? Oh, wild! Another wild Monday in the in the suburbs. Um, no, not 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 a lot going on. Obviously, we had the press conference with with Phil Neville and a couple of players, which I'm sure we're going to talk about, you know, a bit a bit later on. But I think good now that the, you know at least the matches are are going to start happening now. I think we've we've been previewing and, and mulling over, you know, what's what's the differences that have been made and all this sort of stuff. So now the uh, Proof will be in Neb's pudding. Um, we see now actually a, a match, a match, shock horror, a match on uh, on Saturday. Even though none of us are actually going to be seeing it, but <laughs> that's, that's another thing. We can imagine what it's going to be like. Um, but yeah, you know, it is now. You know, April the eighteenth is not not too far away. Yeah, you know, like you said, we won't be seeing it because that was one of the items that came out today. I, I was told by a source that Inter Miami will not be streaming or live streaming its preseason games in 2021, which obviously has been met with a big sigh of frustration and some, in some places disbelief because it's 2021. You would think that the teams would want to showcase at least some of the games, but apparently that will not be the case this preseason. But Steve, we have a lot to talk about. A lot of little nuggets, nothing really major, but a few different things to talk about, including the signing of Jovin Jones, which came last week. I feel like over the last two weeks or the last three weeks, we record a pod, and then within the next day or two, Inter Miami makes an announcement, a signing announcement. So either that's we're either good luck or we have bad juju, and they just decide to announce after we, we're done recording. I don't know, but... Um, They're so anti-pod, aren't they? That's it. <laughs> Disgraceful. <laughs> the anti-pod. Yeah. Um, just before we get into everything, just want to remind everyone to please give us a follow on all our social media accounts at Miami Total Football on YouTube and Facebook and at MIA Total Football on Twitter and Instagram. Also, if you can leave us a review, especially on Apple Podcast, formerly known as iTunes. Whether it's good or bad, you could put one star or five stars. We would prefer it to be in the higher caliber, in the higher higher rating. But give us what you think is fair. You know, let us know what you think we can improve on, what you like, what you would like to see on the pod. Anything and everything helps us to create a better a better quality podcast going forward. And we definitely have some different plans going forward, including some interviews down the road. But Steve. There's enough to, for us to talk about in regards to Inter Miami, so let's get to it. All right, Primo. So, like I mentioned at the start of the podcast, 
Inter Miami held a training session today that was partially open to media members. Now, you didn't attend, but I did. I was there. And obviously, this was the first time in just over a year that Inter Miami held a practice session that we could attend to. It felt a little more normal. Wish you would have been there. Could have had some great banter during the half hour of Inter Miami's. Oh, gutted I wasn't there. You should have been there, man. What happened? The people, the people were gonna know. Why wasn't the second half of Miami Total Football Radio in the house? I just, I, I had another a prior work engagement. I just, I couldn't get out of. Um, that's, you know, sometimes you just when you're watching trainings, I don't know. I guess you can elicit certain things, but you know, we've all been to different training grounds, and um, you just tend to just sort of go there and kill time waiting for the press conference. So uh, I'm never a big fan, really, of watching. Training sessions. I'm sure, being a soccer nerd like you are, you would have lapped up every second of it. But <laughs> um, yeah. But anyway, it was good that they, it was great that they, you know, allow, allowed us allowed us in, and, and hopefully, you know, we're going to get to the point where we're going actually going to be properly speaking to people and you know properly doing our jobs because you know Zoom is just not it just doesn't do the trick really. Yeah, it's just you know it's a stopgap solution with the Zoom calls, but you know obviously that's just the situation that is on hand right now. For me, I you know I was there, and they're gonna try to do this at least once a week going forward. So, it's definitely a step in the right direction, man. It's just it's just one more step closer to normalcy. Definitely, obviously, definitely. I, I do I do think it's gonna be some time before we can talk to some of the players and coaches in person. I I, I could see that not happening until next year, but look at this point after the last year where we couldn't even go to a training session. After March 12th, I, I believe it was, we couldn't even go to attend a training session. This was a welcome development. And yes, I enjoy taking in the training. And you you do, you do are able to pick up some small things here and there. Obviously, it depends on if the team allows you to stay in for the full session or just 15 minutes. In this case, it was about 20, maybe 30 minutes the Inter-Miami allowed today. But you are able to pick some things up here and there. I mean, I definitely enjoy it. I, I get, I, I understand your sentiment and the feeling that, you know, when you do it in normal circumstances on a daily basis, it can get monotonous. It can get repetitive. But it's always about, it's always about finding the little details, though, in, in the, in the, in, in the routine that makes, that makes a difference. Yeah, and you know, you got to make clear, obviously, that we, you know, you're only allowed to stay there for a certain amount of time, fifteen minutes, half an hour. So it's, it's difficult sometimes to actually see what's going on. But no, like, like I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not denigrating, um, you know, into Miami's offer f- to help, to help to at least inter- start integrating us back into the club. It's, it's really well received, and um, you know, hopefully, like you say, fingers crossed, uh, the start of, um, of, of things to come. Yes, I mean, like you said, and this is something I'm not sure if the general public is aware. So normal circumstances, it's on average 15 minutes of of availability for the press. And usually during those 15 minutes, it's usually either at the beginning of the practice or at the end of the practice. And it's it's also normally, it's not for Snoopy reporters to try and unlock Phil Neville's tactical genius. Correct. Uh, More more for snappers, uh, photographers and and cameramen just to get their their photos and their bits of video that they can use. So it's not really for us, to be honest. But anyway. Well, so the first 15 minutes, teams that end up doing it in the first 15 minutes, you usually just see the players literally stretching, jogging around the field, and warming up. You do, you barely see any ball work. I always enjoy 15 minutes post-practice because you see a little more, whether it be 
the last five ten minutes of practice and then some some of the players staying after for shooting and finishing drills or crosses or whatever they stay for you can see a little more at the end of practice than you can at the beginning of practice at least from my experience that you know that's my opinion on the matter but today we were able to see them do some small-sided games they, they did some running drills and then they came over to the near side just as they got close to us Phil must have given the signal to say, all right, it's time to close up shop. But before we left, we were able to see maybe some positional placement for some of the players, you know, and and Robbie Robinson in maybe the drill that they were about to go into or what they were about to work on. He was slotted in on the left side with Pellegrini. So might be something to, to look into later on or once we start hearing more about the games. But anyway, overall, it's just good to... To be back out there and be back at the training facility. Now, that wasn't all that happened today. There was also some availability. We had an interview over Zoom with Phil Neville, Josh Penn, and Jay Chapman around mid-afternoon or early afternoon. And Phil Neville had a few things to say. And he gave us some updates on the three players that were missing from training. That's one thing I took away from the practice session today was that the three recent signings, Ryan Shawcross, Gregori, and Joe Vin Jones, who signing we'll get to a little bit later. They were all missing from training today. They haven't joined the team yet. Phil Neville had this to say about their absences. Gregory, Ryan, and Jovin, we're, we're waiting for international clearance. We're waiting for visa applications to be filled in. So all, hopefully, hopefully by the end of March, we will have all three with us. But ultimately, we are. I'm still waiting for two staff members from England to get their passports and their visa applications. So because of COVID, everything seems to be taking double double the time than what it would normally take, which is massively frustrating for me because of two important staff members and three important players. Uh, so we're just going to have to be patient. Steve, Phil Neville's a pretty positive guy from our early interactions with him. I mean, that's my perspective. But here he kind of said, you know, he's kind of frustrated that not only are the players not in camp, but he's also missing a pair of coaches. You know, what what do you make of all that? The fact that Inter-Miami does not have a full team yet going into its first game of the preseason and, you know, finishing up this second week of preseason without really having the full complement of, of staff and players. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say he cut a, frust- he cut a frustrated figure, but it must be frustrating for him because you would have thought that those two guys that you mentioned, Shawcross and Gregore, will probably be, you know, pretty close to, you know, being in his in his first team. I'm actually unsure of, of the two guys that he was talking about. Maybe I have to double check on that uh, in time for next week's uh, show. But, you know, at least he's he's got, I mean, I'd say he's probably got 75% maybe or 80% of, of what he wants right now. But then he's still waiting on a couple of players, a couple of members of staff. Um, you know, it is pretty much one month until the start of the season. It's not ideal, really. But, um, you know, again, it would like sound like a broken record. But go back to this time last year and it was all about they got enough players. And has he been, Diego Alonso, been in, in charge long enough? So I think he's got a good enough base to, to work with for now. But sure, I mean, you know, you'd think even if they came within the next two weeks, it doesn't give them much time, does it, to really getting amongst it considering they're now in the second week of of training and a lot of players actually came back earlier than that anyway so those two guys in particular are going to sort of they're going to be behind they're going to be behind I would have thought I'm sure they're working on their fitness actually you've been looking at Gregore's Instagram he's I don't know if it looks like he's in he's in Florida right now but no he's he's definitely in Brazil he's in Brazil Right. Okay, but he's been he's been training and he's been. He looks like he's working out with the trainers, so he's he's keeping his fitness up. So maybe it won't take him 
too long to adapt. Uh, Ryan Shawcross hasn't played a lot of football in the last sort of year. So again, it may take him a little bit of time, but um, you know, they, they have other sort of options there just to, to keep going. So it's not, it's not a hammer blow, but it doesn't, doesn't help. Yeah. I, I mean, there's, it's fine to run on your own and train on your own, but you know, that's not match fitness. And the fact that they're going to miss at least this week, probably the next week and maybe the week after that, because Phil Neville said he hopes to have them by the end of March. They're going to miss a significant part of preseason. And, you know, we've heard time and time again, whether it be poor form or injuries that pop up with different players on different teams in different seasons, having a preseason is vital. It's vital to to try and lay the foundation for what can be a good season. Not necessarily the end-all, be-all, but it does tend to to help in a big way. And if you don't have it, you kind of start having to play catch-up once the games that do matter start coming. So that'll be something to keep an eye on. Inter-Miami's hoping that all three of those players can come in at the end of March and, and get quickly acclimated and uh, involved with everything. So we'll see how that plays out. Now, obviously, something else that we've been keeping our eyes on and ears has been the Blaze Matuidi investigation or MLS's investigation into the Blaze Matuidi signing. Phil Neville didn't have an update for us today. Last week, he said probably could have a resolution in five to seven days. That's not the case yet. Is that a good sign for Inter-Miami, Steve? Or is that a bad sign that there's no resolution yet? I don't know. We got, you know we, we've both been trying to work different sources. I haven't really found a, a great deal out uh, at, at the moment. I mean, I, I really just we, just we just don't know. The investigation is, is, is ongoing. Um, but like, like we said, I mean, it... it, it Surely it's not going to get to the point where he's, he's not going to be able to play or anything like that. But I don't know. Information is very, very thin on the ground on this right now. Um, so we'll just, we'll just, we'll just have to wait and see. He's training with the with the squad, isn't he? So that's that's the main thing. So I'm pretty sure it was resolve itself. But we just we don't. There isn't just no information flying around about this at all. Yeah, not a whole lot to say on the Matuidi front. Although maybe we can get an answer within this time next week. Maybe. Uh, so. If Phil yeah. Neville at one point thought maybe it could happen in five to seven days, he said probably five to seven days, maybe in another week we'll have uh, a definitive definitive answer. Now, there was also some quotes from Phil Neville on a few different players. Robbie Robinson, Nicolas Figal, Christian McCoon. And, you know, obviously each one of them is an individual case and what he said about them was slightly different. But like I said earlier, Phil Neville's mostly positive and how he responds to questions about players or just in general. So anything stand out about what he said about either Robbie Robinson, Nicolas Figal, and Christian McCoon? Because he, he was he was pretty flattering on all three, but especially for Robbie Robinson saying that he had a sit-down with him just yesterday on Monday and said that he has the potential to go very far. It just depends on him and his work ethic and how badly he wants it. So but that he thinks that Inter-Miami fans should be very excited about Robbie Robinson. Do you share that excitement from what you've seen from Robbie Robinson? Do you think he should be a striker or a winger? Because, again, today, from what we saw very shortly, very briefly, it might be that he might be look, being looked at as much as a winger as, as he is a center forward. Yeah, I mean, you know, you cast your mind back to the first game of, of last season where he looks a bit of like fish out of water, just come from Clemson. You know, the the, the jump up from college to professional soccer is huge. And he, he did struggle. He, he did work hard in that game. But, um, you know, I think that if, if he wasn't going to be part of the plans, he wouldn't just talk him up needlessly just, just for the point of it. So he clearly sees some, something in him, which is great. He's a young, he's a young 
a young kid, isn't he, with something to prove? And I think that's what they want, isn't it? They want hungry young players. So, um, yeah, he, he definitely, he definitely bigged him up today. So you could expect that he's gonna he's gonna play a bit more of a prominent role because he never really got a a proper look in, did he? The, the, the sort of last season, he was always just on the periphery. We never really actually made it properly. So again, you know, that could give him an, a different option if he's going to use him as a winger. They haven't managed to bring really anyone in. He's been after a left winger. He hasn't managed to do that yet. So. You know he's 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 having to sort of uh, cut his cloth and just use what he's what he's got at his disposal right now. So it's going to be interesting to I'd say to see what happens on Saturday. We're obviously not going to see it, but uh, we're going to hear about it. So, well, so last year when there was talk about Robbie Robinson, and this was later on in the season, I, I wrote this for SBISoccer.com. I thought he should be looked at as more of an outside player, and I didn't think he had enough at striker to be the number nine that an MLS team would need. I just did I didn't see enough. Now I'm not a scout, but just from my vantage point, what I saw of him, my opinion was that I didn't think he's necessarily suits being a number nine. I think his game from what I've seen in the limited appearances that we've seen for him with Inter Miami, he played twelve times last year, four starts. I think he could be a decent to solid winger in major league soccer. I think he's got the pace to help make it, things happen. I think he can take people on the dribble. So I think this is not necessarily a bad experiment if Phil Neville is looking at him maybe as a left winger. Although he said today, Phil Neville said this today, one of the few things he gave away in terms of tactics is that he has looked at Robbie Robinson in all three attacking positions through this point in the preseason. So he's looked at him as a right winger, a left winger, and a center forward. So all three positions are something that Robbie Robinson might see time in this year. You know, that's versatility. That's something a little bit different than what we saw under Diego Alonso a year ago, where Robbie Robinson was predominantly used as a, as a striker. I think he was used maybe a couple of times out on the wings, but it's interesting that Phil Neville maybe sees a different position for the second year pro. Now, before we switch gears into this week's game, the first preseason match for Inter-Miami, also want to touch on Christian McCoon because that's a player that his position's also been talked about. Is he is he a six? Is he a defensive midfielder? Or is he a center back? I believe last year he started predominantly being looked at as a defensive midfielder. Then they used him at center back in a pinch when they were low on bodies. And now... Phil Neville said today he sees him as more of a central defender, a left center back. So, good decision. Do you agree with that? Or do you think McLoon's better in, in, in a holding role based on what you've seen? Well, he certainly gave a good answer to our friend from the Venezuelan media who uh, was very keen to you know, find out. <laughs> and, you know, he spoke well about him. He's had a chat with him. He thinks he's a great player. Um, he's got a great future and all this sort of stuff. You know, um, yeah, again, I, I think as... He want he just needs versatile players, I think, doesn't he? He hasn't they don't have a lot of options in each in each position. So if you've got a guy that can maybe play a fullback or maybe play, you know, set centre centre half. I think he's played in midfield before when he was when he was at Juventus. So um, you know, he probably he bigged he, he him up as well, actually, to be fair. We didn't really see a lot of him last year, did we? So he's another guy, maybe he's only young, was twenty one years old. Um, the pride of Venezuela. Um, so I just think he's, he's he's just trying to make sure that he's got enough cover um, in different positions and to work with what he's got. Because at the moment the transfers have been a, you know a little bit slow. They haven't really 
brought in you know enough sort of you know fresh fresh blood isn't it so it's going to be interesting to see because we again we didn't really see much of him at all last season did we not much not much so we'll see if he's better at center back i had my questions about him as a center back again i'm not a scout but in what i saw last year clearly not his natural position something maybe he's still learning and that's not necessarily the most comfortable with we'll see if he takes a step up in that development in 2021 at that position now Quickly, Steve, there is a game to be played or a scrimmage. It's going to be behind closed doors. Again, no live stream. We won't even be able to go and watch it on the media side to report on what's happening. So this will be just the two teams, and it's Inter-Miami versus the other team in South Florida, the other Miami team, and that's Miami FC. Shame that we can't see that. I think that little, I mean, it's not a rivalry, but just that, that, Cross town competition would would have been good to to witness and good for fans to you know lay their eyes on. But you know I guess they're going to work on things and they don't want they don't want us to to pry and have too much information on that yet. So what do you think about the match? Anything that you would hope that Inter Miami really works on or, or sees? Because Phil Neville did say today the plan is for everyone to get forty five minutes and they will be doing different formations with different players in different spots. He's going to you know kind of be looking at a lot of things in this game. Yeah, I mean, scrimmage is a, is a real Americanism. I mean, scrimmage, a scrummage, a scrum is what you play with rugby. So um, it sounds, it doesn't even sound really like a friendly, does it? It sounds just more like a sort of, like a training, like a training match, really, if anything. So, um, but like you said, you know, this is the first time they're going to actually play against games, not not against each other. You know, they've been, they've been training with each other, the squads, you know, into Miami squad for the last three weeks. And now's the chance actually to take on, you know, another team and just to test themselves but I think it's very much a training exercise I, I'm, I don't actually know if I'm going to write a preview to say it's his first match it's all a bit it's all a bit, sort of a bit sort of loose isn't it really but I just think it gives them a good opportunity just to to get some to get some match minutes and um, you know to put themselves up against a team that have also been in, in pre-season um, and you know it, it'll give him more of an idea of, of what's going on ahead of you know they're looking at April 18th isn't it that's, that's, that's the start so Give them more more of an opportunity just to see see what's what's what and who works well in in, in each position. But it's not even a is, is it a, is it a friendly? Is it a training match? Is it a meeting up in a park and having a kickabout? What, what is it? <laughs> it's me. Is that why we it's can't watch it's it? me and is you just, going to Parkland and uh, having having a kick around. Just you and is I. that why we can't watch it? Because we're all going to be running around, just having a beer and just kicking <laughs> all around. What is it? It's the opposite of a, of a derby. No, look, I think they're going to look at things, and I think they just don't want to show their cards this early. Maybe Phil Neville wants to keep things as mysterious as possible until the maybe till the season starts, not tip his hand on, or try not to tip as much of his hand as possible and, and maybe keep some cards close to the vest. If you're playing a different another team, sure, you might not play it with the seriousness of like, okay, we're going to play our 11 best players or the starters he has in mind from minute one till minute 60. But he's going to try to look at, I would imagine he's going to try to look at different partnerships in different areas. You know, you don't have Ryan Shawcross, so... Maybe here you go Figal Gonzalez Pires in the middle because that's who you would maybe expect to to be the partnership if Shawcross isn't available. Maybe in the in the center of the park, and there's no Gregory, so maybe he looks at who's who's the next one up if Gregory's not around and starts looking at different things. Maybe he looks on the right side what what his preferred line there is with the right back and the right winger. Different things, different combinations that he'll start to look at as well as introduce and, and see what tactics 
they can start really trying to flesh out a little bit more and work on in the patterns. Obviously, the, the priority will be trying to get some fitness in and getting some minutes. But I imagine that they'll he'll be looking at other things, other things as well. And you know, like you said, for Inter Miami, for the team, for the players, this will be a good opportunity for them. Not only just to get that fitness and start working on their fitness, but also just to play somebody else. You know, Josh Penn said it today when I asked him. He said, you know, we've we've been playing each other for the last two weeks. It'll be good to see somebody else on the other side and measure yourself in that way and be in that environment. So we'll see. We'll have more. Hopefully, we'll hear more and we'll have more to talk about next week once the match is over. I don't know if Inter Miami is going to put out a highlight package or if they're going to even put out a result or anything. Maybe, maybe they just put like, out like maybe they just put out like illustrations of gold and stuff <laughs> because they've been footage. Just have like sort of you know words and then just like a picture, like a drawing. It'll be it'll be like the courthouses, right? When they just just yeah, you know, where they just draw what happened and you just have to go off of that. Maybe we'll see a picture of, of David Beckham and Jorge Mas just you know looking over the field and seeing a 5-0 to zero victory or defeat. You never, you never know. Preseason games are, are always unpredictable. Uh, Steve, we'll take a quick break. We still have a few more things to talk about, including the signing of Jovan Jones. But we'll listen to Jay Chapman, and then we'll come back after this. Um, you know, guys are feeling really good. The team's looking sharp already. Um, I think we're miles, miles past where we were last year, um, just even at the beginning in terms of um, mental focus on sessions and um, you know, guys just really putting in the extra work. We're in segment two, and before we start, and I promise we're going to talk about Jovan Jones, but before we do that, what did you make of that quote from Jay Chapman, Steve? What did you think about that declaration, that that point that he made, that quote that he said about they're further along this year than they were maybe a year ago? I mean, yeah, you, you look, we, we know that it wasn't it wasn't a smooth ship, and you know they were kind of struggling to get. Look at look at what zero and five wasn't it? They went the start with so it wasn't going well. Diego Alonso had just come in. Clearly there was problems with the language barrier and different things like that. We, we've been all over that. You know we've been over this. So you know fast forward twelve months, the group is still together. Well, that's a different coaching staff, but they're more in tune with what's needed, and they're a year on, so they have more experience. So I think fair, look fair enough. He was honest and he gave a he gave a good answer. Um, you could even write it as a, as a stinging attack on Diego Alonso. It would be really, really cheap to do that. I, I would never do anything like that, um, despite my uh, tabloid preferences. But uh, I, he, he was just being honest. I think he's, he was, he's absolutely right. They were in a bit of a mess. Probably this time last, last year, the results definitely said they were. When you think they lost those first two games and then went uh, to the um, uh, the MLS's back tournament and, and stunk that out as well. So that that wasn't any good. Um, so, you know, they're in a better shape this time for sure, but they're starting from a very low base. So, um, yeah, I mean, they've got everything's sort of fresher in the in the coaching department and, and the players are, you know, it's more or less the same group, isn't it, but on, you know, two or three different different faces. So, um, you know, they're, they're more, their togetherness is better now than, than it was, you know, 12 months ago. But he also said that they're mentally in a better place, or he alluded to that. And I think that, to me, that speaks to... Last year being the expansion season and all the excitement and all the hype that was around the start of the team and it being David Beckham's team and it finally kicking off and the first game being against LAFC who were the reigning Supporters Shield champions. And I think there was so much outside noise that maybe distracted them during preseason and so much hype, obviously, about the team as well. Whereas now they're coming off a poor season by almost every regard and now... 
They come in maybe a little bit under the radar. Obviously, it's still a team that has high expectations for itself, but maybe they're coming in a little bit under the radar now, and maybe that's helping them focus and, and you know focus on the task at hand a little bit more, where maybe as last year they were just kind of a little bit all over the place at, in terms of their focus and their concentration levels and, and you know worrying about the day-to-day and the work that they have to put in. I mean, that's just maybe how, you know, my perspective yeah, it's, 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 it? it's a natural evolution, isn't it, of a, of a squad, of a club, and whatever. They're a year on now, so it's it's going to be, you know, they're going to use the experiences, good and bad, from last season to, to sort of use them to for, for their own benefit, you know, this this time around. So they can only benefit and, and, and have gained from what happened last season. But then Phil Neville's come in and he's a completely different coach and he's trying to instill different things into them. So, um, yeah, you can understand why it's probably a happier ship now. It was, like you say, it was it was chaos, wasn't it, at the, 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 the start of last of last season. So, um, you know, it's more serene now, even though we've got all the other sort of pandemic sort of madness happening, you know, around behind the scenes. Yeah, well, it was a very insightful quote and response from midfielder Jay Chapman. Now we'll talk about a midfielder slash defender, more of a left back, but he can play in the midfield line, and that is Jovan Jones, who signed last week as a free agent. He's familiar with Chris Henderson. They worked together when they were both with the Seattle Sounders. He helped that team win two MLS Cups. He helps fill a position that they were looking to address, maybe too because of his versatility, because he can play again, more advanced, and as well as on the defensive line. Steve, does this mean to you that the hunt for Kieran Gibbs is over? Do you think they'll still go after Kieran Gibbs? What do you make of the Joven Jones signing overall? Yeah, I think they, you know, they needed a quick fix, and they, and they needed someone with experience, and he's got a lot of experience. If you just look at his, you know, his career. Um, you know, at Seattle, he played in Europe for a bit. He's got international experience, which is great. You know, 76 caps for, for Trinidad. Um, you know, he's, he's obviously over nearly 90, 93 games for, for, for Seattle in, in two different spells. He played spells. in Germany too for a bit. Played in Germany, um, in Chicago, is it Helsinki. Um, you know, so he, he's been around. I'm told that, that Gibbs is still a, a, a very live option Um and that it's gonna it's gonna happen it, it, now in in the summer maybe West Brom are just holding on just to see they're gonna get relegated pretty soon in the Premier League so maybe that could hasten his departure or what but I'm told it's it's still definitely gonna happen but it's not gonna happen now so they've gone for for Jovan Jones and I just yeah he looks solid to me and, and you know we talked about Chris Henderson and how influential and, and what a helping hand he's been. In terms of you know recruitment and and his knowledge of, of MLS and the league and you know he clearly you know has worked with this guy and thinks he's 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 worth signing so I think that pretty much says it all. I think to me it says two things or two notable things out of maybe a lot of other things that it says. One is that this is again Chris Henderson like you just said using his familiarity with the league and signing an MLS veteran that may not be spectacular. May not be a difference maker, but he can do the job. And in a league like MLS where you have a salary cap, you need players like that. So he gives you experience, versatility. He can start in a couple different positions. That's a plus for Inter Miami for sure because he addresses two areas that they were looking for. Which leads to my second point. I'm not sure if Inter Miami is going to get those two extra signings that they were looking for. Remember they said they wanted to make one in the attack as well as one at left back. Well, 
now with Jones covering both, and they made sure to note that he could play both in their press release, that he could only not, not only was he a left back, but he could also play left midfield. I don't know if they're going to get those two signings that they wanted. Maybe they'll get them in the summer. Maybe they'll move other pieces of the roster to make way for them. But I don't think, or I don't, I'm not convinced or confident that they will get either a left midfielder at this point or an attacking midfielder because they were looking at both, or another, you know, another left back. I, I think the ship is sailed definitely on the left back at least for now. Maybe until the summer if if Karen Gibbs will still come on a you know on a number that they're happy with. But I'm not sure that they're going to get that attacking piece because if, if they added Jovan Jones, I think that's cover, at least a stopgap solution for, for one of those two spots. And, and good depth maybe for later on in the season, but I don't I don't think they're going to be able to get that that extra addition. Maybe I'm wrong. We, we will obviously see as the preseason continues to unfold. But speaking of the preseason, and as I mentioned before, sources told me today that... There will be no live streams for Inter-Miami's preseason games. A big bummer for fans. I already saw some unrest and unhappiness on Twitter. Steve, are you surprised by that? That there's no no preseason matches that will be aired for the team that's in, going into its second year after, obviously, a, a somewhat tumultuous and offseason that had a good bit of turmoil? Well, I think if it was in normal normal times, like pre-pandemic, and, and this was a pre-season game, I, I think maybe it would have been marketed. It would have been marketed properly, and it would have maybe made a bigger thing about you know two Miami teams going up against it. But I think because of the difficulty of getting fans into the stadium and everything else that is going on, I think they probably just thought logistically it's probably worth just playing behind closed doors, and 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 that's that. So I think it's an, it's an effect of of what's happening in the world right now. The streaming situation is. I mean, I don't understand why they're not. Why, why aren't they going to show it? Um, I mean, I, I I don't know the answer to that you probably know better than me. It's a shame. I mean, we both would have probably we, we would have watched it and then we'd have been able to sort of talk more extensively about it ne- next week. And I'm, I'm sure that the fans would have done as well. And I think it just helps. Even if we, the fans can't be there, then you would have thought maybe it, you know that at least they could have streamed it and then you know. Help the interest to build, but mm-hmm. for for whatever reason they haven't, which is which is a shame because I think you know you've got to take every opportunity to just try and promote the product, not just from from into Miami, but for also Miami FC, who I've I've covered a fair bit. Speak to Paul Delgleish now and then, great guy. Um, you know they they need they need publicity, and they want to get themselves out there as well, and this is a good fixture for them. Um, so it's a it's a it's a strange one. I have to make some calls tomorrow and from and see what happened. You know the, the reaction from from the other end, from the Miami end. Just to see what why why they haven't done that. I should have actually done that today. I apologize. <laughs> You've heard it here, Miami Total Football Radio listeners. Steve Brenner, El Primo, is very sorry for not doing his job properly today. Today, uh, look, a lot of MLS teams. I don't think any MLS team to, up to, until this point has streamed a game. I don't believe so. I could be wrong. I could be mistaken, but I don't think any team has streamed a game up until this point. So maybe there's a wider bigger picture thing that we need to take a step back from, you know, Inter Miami. Sometimes when you're covering one team very specifically, you kind of look at the smaller picture, you get you get bogged down in just looking at that team. Sometimes you need to take a step back and see a bigger picture. So there might be something on a bigger scale that's going on, whether it be a league mandate or I, I don't know. I don't know. There, there could be any number of reasons for why we're not seeing games being streamed because normally that's something you see at least some teams do. But up until now, and granted it's still early in preseason, 
up until this point, we haven't seen, I don't believe, one game uh, air on any social media or YouTube account, anything, anything. Now, there will be no live streams, and there will also be no Friendly vs. Chile. There have been a report that came out of the South American country on Monday, this week, that Chile, whose World Cup qualifiers at the end of this month have been postponed by CONMEBOL, South American Federation, and FIFA, due to the pandemic and European clubs not wanting to release their South American players. Those matches have been postponed and pushed further back to a later date. And this report said that Chile was going to play Inter-Miami in a game. Now, some people thought there was maybe some truth to it because Chile and Peru are also in talks to play a friendly to take advantage of the upcoming FIFA window in Florida. But sources have told me Inter-Miami vs. Chile is not happening and that there was not really much or any validity to that report. So scratch that one off the list. Although it would have been kind of neat to see club vs. country. It's not often that you see that type of fixture. Although, again, we wouldn't be able to see it anyway because no live streams and we're not able to attend the matches. Though it has to be noted, Inter-Miami is still working on an opponent for that final weekend of the preseason, that last preseason match that is on their schedule that says opponent TBD to be determined. They're still working on that, and that match may be open to the public, so there might be a chance that fans and supporters and us on the media side are able to at least see one game under Phil Neville during this preseason before the regular season begins. Steve, if you could have your choice of opponent... Who would you pick, or who do you think makes sense for Inter Miami there? Yeah, I mean, it'd be good to see them come up against, you know, another another MLS team again. You know, travel travel wise, it, it makes it very very difficult, doesn't it? They, they're sort of restricted a little bit. They're not going to be traipsing all over the country trying to trying to find matches, but they just they just you know you need you need some some decent decent competition and and you know just to give yourself a marker of the progress you've made in preseason and where and and, and where you're at. So uh, I don't know maybe maybe Brazil or something like that. <laughs> Listen, why not Montreal? Why not Montreal? You're going to have Montreal, CF Montreal now. I almost said Montreal Impact. I'm used to saying that from the last decade. But why not Club de Foot Montreal? They're going to be practicing and basing themselves in Inter-Miami CF stadium and training facility during that following week ahead of their home opener, which is, again, at Inter-Miami Stadium on the Saturday, the day before Inter-Miami plays the LA Galaxy on the Sunday, so why not? Why not try to maybe see if you can make that happen? Obviously, I'm not sure what CF Montreal has planned or what maybe they're working on behind the scenes, but I think that would be... I think it would fit. I think it would make sense in a lot lot of ways. Now, one last thing we'll touch on in this segment was a report that came out of South America, an interview with Jogo Bonito. They interviewed Gonzalo and Federico Iguain's father, and... Their Iguain dad, Iguain Pops, he said this quote in Spanish to Jogo Bonito. Hay un compromiso que va más allá de lo deportivo y está muy cómodo en el Inter Miami. So translate that for those that don't speak Spanish or don't understand Spanish that well. There's a commitment that goes beyond the sporting side and he's very comfortable at Inter Miami. That's that's interesting. That's interesting. If there's a commitment there beyond the sporting side, that's to me that's very uh, eyebrow raising. Uh, obviously, we don't know, but 
you know, we've seen MLS do different deals with different players at different times to help recruit them and bring them over and sell them on coming to the league. So I'd be curious to see what that is. I know you probably have some some witty banter there about that, especially especially because you're English. English and Argentine, I know that that doesn't always mix well, but um, I don't know. I don't know what, you have, what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's his, it's his last... I haven't really got anything funny to say about it, no. Um, the, uh, the, the, Disappointing, Steve, disappointing. Sorry, sorry, I'll try and come up with some um, like Gonzalo Green-based jokes for next week. But, uh, um, I mean, look, he, he, you know, he's earned very well out of his, his career. Um, this is his, probably, you'd think this is his last his last move. You wouldn't necessarily see him going back to Europe. He could obviously finish his, his career in Argentina. But uh, when Phil Neville was asked, actually, a brilliant question by myself um, about... <laughs> Um, the DPs, he spoke pretty well about, you know, Iguain, um, you know, he knows that he's a key key guy for him as 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 Pizarro is. And, you know, he's, he's spoken about, you know, how key they are to, to get them involved and get them playing. And if they're at the top of their game, then guys like Robbie Robinson, all these other guys we mentioned can follow in alongside them and, and you know, and just give them this, give them the ammo. And once if they get the ball then those guys can can do the business. So um, um, I I. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's 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 entirely likely that he could well finish his his career here for sure. I mean, he's obviously living a nice lifestyle in Miami. Um, you know, why not? And like I say, he's he's done well out of his career so far. And he and he's definitely starting to slow down today. And what? And again, this is just a drill, and this was just one part of training that we saw. But they were doing a line of five players, and they were running to a flagpole and going around it and coming back very quickly and he was definitely the slow one in his five on the the runs that I saw. He was definitely lagging a decent not, amount a decent amount. He's not behind. blessed with pace, is he? He's not blessed no, with No, blessed and he's with and he's getting older now, so I still expect him to have a, a, a much better season. I expect him to actually have a very good season. He's just too skilled and clinical in the final third not to be better than he was last year. And I think he's gonna be much better, especially if the team can perform better collectively and function better collectively by the way before we end the segment your thoughts on his beard because i know you've seen the pictures now there's pictures out there he's, he's going this big rick ross dj Khaled style beard any thoughts on that beard your beard I, I like it yeah it's kind of he was wanted to maybe take attention away from his head and put the hair onto his <laughs> chin so, i mean that, that's what you do he looks like he should be playing from from in portland or something like that but i think it suits him looks nice yeah, it's, it's definitely a more intimidating look, like I said last week, uh, with my final thoughts. But we'll stop there, and we'll come back for our final segment, the Q&A session, and our final thoughts. Q&A time. We had a question last week that came in after we recorded, so we'll answer it because I told, them, I told the, the listener that we would. From Lloyd Helbrun, they brought in two international players, and by they he means Inter-Miami, with one cap between them. While playing for your national team doesn't automatically make you good. See, we'll trap. When you're getting players from England and Brazil, it normally means a certain quality. Why are they not shooting higher? He's referring to Ryan Shawcross and Gregory. For me... It's about budget. It's about fitting players in the salary cap that can do a job and that can compete. But obviously, you're limited in how much you can spend there. That's that's just my quick answer on it. 
Yeah, and also the infinite wisdom of MLS. You know, there are only there's only two teams in two two leagues in the world, US and, and Australia, that don't actually work within the same calendar as everyone else in FIFA. So it makes it very very difficult to try and get players, premium players, while other leagues are still going on. So it's it's very very difficult. You know, you think that's why we're talking about players having to wait till the summer. But then even if you're looking at premium grade players in the summer, the European Championships, um, different other things going on, it's just a very congested. Uh, season and, and year and that makes it difficult for transactions to be made it's just it's not easy okay so the next question comes from Endo do you think Inter Miami CF will live stream the scrimmage through the app gracias Franco well yes as <laughs> as we've said before as we've said earlier on this podcast it will it's unfortunately not happening Endo Inter Miami is not streaming the games this year it's obviously a bummer not only for you guys, definitely for us, but we're going to have to wait. Uh, the, <laughs> Stevie killed me with that one. The next question comes from Via. Is communication still a problem? Phil addressed three players that he has to set aside to give instructions to. How is this being addressed during real game time? So the second half of that question is, we don't know. We will see. They haven't played a game yet. We'll, we'll find out more details in the next week or two once they get a few more well, once they get matches under their belt against different opponents, is communication a problem? Also to, to be determined. Now, if you're not familiar with what Via's talking about here, Phil Neville last week said that when he speaks to the team, he speaks predominantly in English. And maybe he'll use a Spanish word or phrase here and there, but he speaks to them predominantly in English. And that there are three players, and he named them, although he then kind of retracted one. And that one was Rodolfo Pizarro, but the other two were Christian McCoon and Nicolas Figal as the players that might need a Spanish translation so that the message is clearly understood. And that's something you know Inter Miami does after the group talk. After it's done in English, those three players or those two players, depending on if the message is delivered to Pizarro, they're spoken to on to the side separately to make sure that the message is is driven home in, in Spanish so that they fully understand. Because Phil was like, you know, that's something we took away from last year is that there needs to be one message and one understanding and everyone kind of needs to be on the same page because obviously last year that was an issue. We heard it from AJ De La Garza in one of the best quotes of, of the season, one of the most illuminating quotes of the season in 2020. After the century, the of the century. <laughs> of the century. Um, but, so, is it an issue? It, we, we don't know yet. We don't know yet. But we'll. But it looks like they're trying to make sure it's not an issue. It looks like they're trying to make sure that they don't repeat that problem. They're trying to take all the steps necessary to avoid that. But it's flipped, isn't it? Because if you have someone like Diego Alonso who didn't really speak English at all, then the majority of the squad are going to be kind of alienated or not really receiving the message. Whereas now, even someone like Gonzalo Higuain, I've never heard him speak English, but I'm sure he's has an understanding of, of what, you know, the English-speaking coaching staff are saying to him. So I think it's better to have it that way. And then there are Spanish-speaking members of staff who can just help. And, you know, you know, I'm sure that they can work. It's better to be like this. And I think the other way where communication was, was a, a real problem. As, and also Phil Neville has worked in Spain, albeit briefly. So he, you know, he has got a, a, a grasp of, of Spanish as well. So I think it's a better position. It's not ideal. You, you know, you're never going to get sometimes squads, very multinational squads, um, there are always going to be some players that don't speak the mother tongue of, of the coaching staff, so that's just that's just the way it is. But I think it's a, they're in a better position now than they were under Diego. As long as 
what's on the field is clearly defined and understood, then that's the most important thing because that's that's where they need to feel co- the most comfortable and really understand each other. That's where they need to speak a universal a universal language with that little round ball. Now, next question comes from Atlante Herons. With the first ever game between Inter Miami and Miami FC happening this weekend, what are your expectations for this rivalry moving forward? Obviously, it's romantic to say it's a rivalry because it's the two Miami teams, but it's not a rivalry. They've never played each other before. It's it's across town. I bet it's a rivalry for them, big time. They, they, you know, they, they definitely want to. They definitely want to beat into Miami for sure. You know, that was. My, remember, Miami were there first, really. I know Beckham exercised the option to buy a franchise in 2014, but Miami were the first, and Miami FC were the first team in Miami to start playing football or soccer or whatever you want to say. So, you know, I think in the in the front office, there's a little bit of yeah, we'd like to get one over them for sure. Hundred percent. I'm, sh- I'm, sh- I'm sure on that side there is, but they haven't played each other yet. So Inter Miami, they're not yeah. looking at this like, oh well, this is a rivalry. Like that, you know. And we even we even asked some questions like that today. You know, is there a little more flavor in this one because it's Miami versus Miami, and it's it's really just for them, just another match. Now maybe will things develop and blossom into something a little more seriously down the line, possibly. But they they don't they won't play each other that often. Maybe in right, o- maybe a, in the, a, maybe in the yeah. open cup, maybe in the open cup. But like how often? Besides that, like and that and those are knockout games, so that could definitely be intense and and up the ante in terms of the rivalry. But how often are these teams really going to face each other to really say and establish and call this a rivalry? Not 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 often. Well, we're not going to see it anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Does it? <laughs> there are rumors of a game against Chile. This comes from Carlos Segovia. We addressed that. That game is not happening. Those rumors were. Un, unfounded. Next question comes from Eric. What's going on with Shawcross and Gregory's visa situation? When can we expect them to arrive in South Florida? And when are they planning to announce Mitch Curry? So we touched on Gregory and Shawcross. I'll let you touch on Mitch Curry because I think we talked about it last week. If not on the show, definitely off the show. So if you know, if you want to touch on it really quickly again, Steve. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, Mitch Curry. Um, he's he's going to be ostensibly he's going to go to to the USL team. Um, he, he appears very highly rated in, in, in the UK or, um, you know, had a bit of a, a rough time was released from Middlesbrough, uh, but, and then, and he went to Sunderland and then, um, and then, has, has, you know, made, made the move here. So didn't really get much playing time in England, uh, with Sunderland at all. Uh, but you know, a fresh start for him. He's only young. Um, you know, he's like a, a, a an archetypal sort of striker, likes to run in behind the defenses. So it'd be interesting to see, you know, his his development if he if he starts well and starts getting a few goals. And I guess they have that option depending on weight on um, on budgets and, and whether or not they can squeeze him into the squad. But that that gives them another option. But I think he's one for the future, isn't he? But it'd be interesting to see his development. I'm sure. Next question is from Strikers Fan. Long-time Twitter follower. We've had a lot of debates over the years, over many years. Question is, moving to Vegas. Now, I'm not sure what, why, why he asked this question. Um, I recently did go to Vegas with some friends for a weekend getaway. Had a great time. Love Las Vegas. Love the lights. Love the whole ambiance of Las Vegas. Would I move to Vegas? No, I'm settled in South Florida. I'm staying in South Florida hopefully for the rest of my life that's that's my plan so i don't know why why he thinks i'm going to move to vegas or maybe you know there was a report this week saying that las vegas might be able to step in into that 
expansion slot that Sacramento might have to vacate if they can't figure their things out. But no, I'm 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 staying put unless you know unless you, he has some insight into you, Stephen. You're moving to Vegas. I'm not moving to Vegas. I can that is an exclusive. I'm not moving to Vegas. All right. Okay. Next question comes from and we have a we have three more. I think yeah. Next one comes from Gabe P. Do we have any news on the roster for Fort Lauderdale CF? I know we got the new kid, but will we keep the same players as last year? You can imagine it'll be mo- more of the same for Fort Lauderdale. Surely there will be some new incorporations, but it'll be more or less the same thing. Where it will be different, and what was announced today, is that the new head coach for the USL side will be Darren Powell, who was already working for the organization, just in a different role. He'll be the head coach of Fort Lauderdale CF in 2021. And their home opener, or sorry, their season opener, will be on April 10th versus the second team of the New England Revolution. Next question comes from Eric. And Steve, I'm going to let you answer this one because I have a feeling you're going to say something really good here. Yeah, I have a question, Franco. Why aren't they at the very least streaming the games? Did the team provide a reason at all or do we know... Or do we fans deserve not to know? Um, well, not to want to go over all ground, but um, I think we have to draw a line on this streaming thing. Now, as much as we talk about it, it's, it's not going to happen. And we're just going to... I'm going to get my daughter, actually, maybe to get some crayons. And uh, she could do, like, pictures, different pictures of Phil Neville and the, and the team. And we can post them and we can, like, create our own game. We'll do that, that thing where, you know, you get... You, like, draw a load of pictures and you just, like, flick it. And then it, it goes like really fast, and you can see like the animation. Maybe we can try and do something like that. It's a shame that it's illegal to fly drones at Inter Miami CF Stadium because of the fact that it's next to uh, airports. Because if it wasn't, then any fan could just literally take a drone and hover it over the stadium and and you know stream the game somewhere, or record the game, and then play it somewhere. But because of federal aviation laws, and I am not an aviation expert, but this is something that I learned last year. Drones are not allowed at Inter Miami CF Stadium, so don't even think about it, guys, because you can get yourselves in a lot of trouble. But look, you know, all joking aside, I think it's you know it's great that, that people want are enthused and want to actually sort of watch the the preseason games. You know, and I just think it's just, I just think it's a Heck, shame. Of course, of course. If, if I'm a fan of a team, I want to watch my team play, right? Like it's not like oh, I just want to be a fan of this team that I don't care if they play or not. Of course, the fans want to see the team play. It's, that's why it's such a a bummer and disappointment that Inter Miami. Uh, passed on that opportunity in in 2021 and you know they're gonna have to they'll, they'll have to win some games to help repair that because it's not obviously fans aren't gonna be too happy about that now this last question and maybe we can save it for next week so that we can have a little more time to chew on it so i'll, I'll ask it this week but we'll refer back to it next week as the first question steve it's from esteban what is your starting lineup and what are your four most important slash regular subs We'll leave that for next week, so because I, I know if we if we do it now, we're going to be on here for a lot longer <clears throat> thinking about it and having to go through the roster. So, Steve, that's homework for you for next week. I'll also think about it, and we'll we'll bring it back on the next week's podcast. But, Steve, that will wrap up this week's show. We just have to hear your final thoughts, and then I'll give mine. Yeah, no, let's. Uh, it's good now that at least there's a match happening. Although, as we said, there is a match happening. Although we're not actually going to see any of it, but you know, I think now. Now is the countdown now, isn't it? They, you know, Phil Neville's come in. He's, he's done his work for the past sort of month or so. And Beckham's been in around the training ground. But I think now the serious work really, really starts, isn't it? And the games start. We're only literally a month before the start of the season. Um, so it's going to just be interesting to hear and, and, and see. We're not going to see. Uh, we're going to hear about what's 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 happened, and, and, you know, at the match and how they set up and 
and what you know it's, it's also a difficult time pre-season could be some injuries as well cropping up you know that could cause some problems so it's going to get start to get interesting now i think for me it's for all the talk of the lack of live streams if you are hungry to watch some soccer or some inter miami players or coaches in action you can do so this week and you can watch Edison Ascona with the Dominican Republic under-23 men's national team try to qualify for the Olympics in a group that includes the United States, Mexico, and Costa Rica. Those matches begin this week. And you can also see Jason Christ, an Inter-Miami assistant coach, as the head coach of the U.S. U-23s as he tries to help the Americans get back to the Olympics for the first time since 2008. It's been a long time since the U.S. has qualified for an Olympics, at least on the men's side. So if you're hungry to see some games and, you know, to have some Inter-Miami flavor, you can't. You still can. You still can. Those games will be on TV as well as online. Some of the games are broadcasting on FS1 and some of, if not most of the games, are also broadcasting on Teoden in Spanish. Tune into that if you're really hungry for some Inter-Miami-related soccer. But that does it for this week's show. As always, give us a follow on all our social media accounts as well as leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And we'll be back to talk to you guys again about more footy and an actual game, but we can't see it next week.